0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Of course there must be lots of magic in the world, he said wisely one day. But people don't know what it is like or how to make it. Perhaps the beginning is just to say nice things are going to happen until you make them happen. I think I'm going to try and experiment. That is from one of my favourite books when I was eight, The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Hello, I'm Claire Tonti and welcome to my podcast, Just Make The Thing. A show for people like me who want to start a thing and keep on making it and often find it really hard. In today's episode, I interview Claire James, artist, gardener, sculptor, painter, conservationist and lover of ducks. She doesn't have a secret garden, but rather a magic one, where she has built an extraordinary life with her husband and two feisty girls. I drove out to her little place in amongst the green hills of Hillsville one crisp Melbourne day with my husband James. I know, Claire James. Weird, right? And my son, who had a ball squelching through the flowers, fruit trees and veggie patches, harassing Claire's ducks and chickens. What struck me most about our chat was her honest openness, her passion for creating, her love for living things and her strength in living a not-always-easy life based on her beliefs and wholehearted values. I mean, she gave birth to both her girls right there in the house. Talk about tough as nails. We sat in her garden to talk. So I hope you don't mind the chickens and the ducks and the wind whistling through the trees interrupting our chat a little bit. But I wanted you to get a sense of just how magical this place is. Just everywhere I look, there's things that were projects that you've made. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you started making things or why you make things, um, I guess?
2: Well... I grew up on a 10-acre a bush property with my mum and dad when I was little mm. and they decided to build a mud brick house. So mum and dad made all the mud bricks for that house, which was an enormous amount of fun for my sister and I because we got to play in the mud. And so <laughs> we watched we watched dad in particular just, um, you know, chipping along at building this house with mud bricks and my mum has always been a spinner and a knitter, so she's always clickety clicked in the background with her spinning wheel and we've watched her sort of turn a bag of fleece into a jumper and I think just being makers my sister is an artist as well and her and I've grown up making things but maybe maybe it was inevitable because we it's who we are or maybe it was by watching parents gardening and things and although my parents um, separated when I was six, spending time, you know, always backwards and forwards between them, we, we got to still be with all of, be around all of the things that, that they found, they saw beauty in. Yeah. And worth, you know, things that were worthwhile sticking at.
1: Yeah. D- did you find that you learnt about the process of making things from watching them as in did you find that there were things about sticking and persistence and and all of those sort of things that or were you conscious of learning that or is it just yeah I I feel like it's all been through uh play
2: like through um experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't work and constantly fiddling with things and whether it's you know gardening or my art practice or cooking or even raising children yeah, it's a, a co- it's a constant experiment of yeah. i would never stick to a formula and i would i'm definitely not one to follow instructions i i always always change a recipe i there's something wrong with me i cannot will not follow a recipe I take so much inspiration from gardening books, but I would never follow someone else's design. So it's kind of this – and I change things all the time, and the garden is one huge part of my life, and I am always digging out things and moving them, like always. Like Mm. I've just had my husband dig out these two apple trees that are against the fence now, and they were growing – down here down you know close by and I just didn't like the shape that it made the backyard look and yeah I constantly just move things and I think it's just trying trying and playing
1: with things yeah D- does that mean that you don't think anything's ever quite finished yeah totally yeah, like everything's always an experiment and totally moving forward yeah with stuff.
2: and I think as soon as I think accepting that because I, you kind of grow up thinking that you'll you'll suddenly become an adult and you'll know you'll know things, <laughs> yeah. and I think once you become an adult, you're surprised that you suddenly are an adult, and you only know what you knew before and a little bit more. And there's just a, there's a, a I can see why older older people with all of their wealth of knowledge and experiences are fascinating to me because, you know, they've, they've just been working along for, you know, decades and decades at, you know, finding what they're good at and... And figuring it out. Figuring oh, it out.
1: Yeah, and they are like my mum's 60 three now and she still says that she feels like she was when she was 25 but she just looks very different yeah. and I mean the learning and the experiences that she's had have taught her things but yeah it's not like someone gave her a certificate and no. said now you are an adult you know it all yeah, like, yeah. when yeah. we
2: first had our when we had our first baby we had a midwife assisted home yeah. birth here and uh when the midwives all packed up that night and left and left my husband and I with this little baby, we just looked around and we went we need a we need a grown up like, we don't we don't know what to do like it was this like total Okay, it's gonna need to be fed, and it's gonna like we didn't know how yeah. to we only had cloth nappies, we didn't know how to fold a cloth nappy oh properly, my God. so we were trying to work out you know yeah. how to look after this little little creature. Did you stick with cloth nappies?
1: Yeah, that is an achievement in itself. yeah,
2: two babies no cloth nappies. no clothes dryer, cloth nappies.
1: Okay, that's it. You've won at life. That is <laughs> that is an achievement in itself. Oh God, it's so incredible. How do you, do you think you changed in? Because you also make beautiful um, watercolors and all kinds of incredible art. Has being a mother changed the way that you create?
2: Yes, I well. There was a big shift for me to ever call myself an artist and I just didn't. I couldn't call myself an artist until I made a very clear decision at, and it was, It came about through when my youngest daughter started kinder, I applied for a job as running a kitchen garden in a Stephanie Alexander program at a local primary school and I got that job and I suddenly realised every single bit of spare time that I would suddenly have because I'd been a total stay-at-home mum with my girls the whole time so I'd been at home with them you know 24-7 for seven years and I realized the bit that little tiny pocket of spare time I was going to be working and not being not making art and my husband Mark and I had a had a sit down and a chat and I said I really really want to make art I'm craving it I need to I have so many things that I want to do um and so I didn't accept that job and then I spent every kinder session which was two four hours a week um making artwork and kind of believing that I could do it and it's just kind of before that I did a fine art degree after school and I didn't know how to be an artist and I became a high school teacher and I then was so busy being a teacher I didn't make art and yeah it kind of almost took that real shift of going I could make a bit of money now Mm. or I could sit with sit in myself and try to make the things that I've been thinking about the whole
1: time I've been parenting. So even though you did a fine arts degree you still found it really hard actually say, I am an artist. Oh,
2: totally. Why? Why?
1: Oh, this is going to sound awful, but no, there no. are so many. I just find there's so
2: many wankers that call themselves <laughs> artists <laughs> yeah. that I just, when you meet some people and they say they're an artist and you just cringe, I just didn't want to be... I just found that... I Yeah, to me an artist is somebody who... who does their their art whether it be music or film or um, dance or painting or whatever it is that they they seek to make that as a huge part of their life and they're actually really passionate and driven and focused and I found that it's a word that can be thrown around really easily by some people and it's a I desperately wanted to be one, but I wanted to be a really like legit. I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to not even to be making sales, but I wanted to feel like I wasn't practicing artist Mm. and not just someone who could paint and could draw, but someone who was working through ideas in a, in a deeper way.
1: That it was more Mm. about who you are as a person and the way that you live, not about saying I'm an artist and I'm going to wear a beret and yeah, yeah, and
2: and and and... just talk rubbish, yeah,
1: (laughs) not do anything, yeah. 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 What I love about meeting you and reading the story I read in the Design Files, which I'll link also on our social media for our um, audience, was just that being a maker of things. Doesn't seem to be a separate part of your life. It's absolutely how you live every day. Would you agree? I
2: think I'm really lucky that I live. That you know, it was financial and family decisions why we lived in Hillsville ten years ago. It was a much more affordable place Mm -hmm. to live to buy into, and to have a studio which was in the house for uh, that. That little studio is actually only a year and a half old. It looks we built it to look old because it was all hard rubbish and so you
1: built the studio scraps
2: yeah oh a friend built it with me kind of you know buggerizing around (laughs) helping him um but yeah I get to live I think my art practice is so linked to garden and nature and um shelter and trying to make a world feel safe around around you that Mm. I end up lucky enough to surround myself by my inspiration and it's become you know my my daughters have grown up they were born on this little block of land and they adore it and on the weekends what do you want to do girls stay at home they don't want to go anywhere they we let them build a fire and then they cook stuff they've been yeah they're just outdoor kids kids yeah so content to to be here and I think I think I don't know if it's luck or you you make it happen because we could be much wealthier if I worked full-time somewhere mm. but it we wouldn't we wouldn't have you know the, the richness life that, yeah. of the other parts of your
1: life that yeah you do. yeah it I think it's um I don't think it's luck I think it is um a conscious way that you are living, and and a, a, such a beautiful thing to be doing. Because there's so many people who do have those full-time jobs that are dropping their kids at childcare yeah. and struggling through everything, and then watching all this television, and their kids are stuck inside, and it's that whole existence. And and the kids want more, and they keep seeing things,
2: and you know they're just there's so and, and for people watching mm. ads, you know there's this. Thing that you you need more we haven't we unplugged the television when our first was born so we have a tally that we can watch dvds on mm. um we've, we're pretty untech here we yeah. we go to the video easy atm video easy atm down at coles <laughs> we it. haven't got netflix or we haven't got any online stuff thing yeah, yeah so we we have a movie night with our girls you know, or documentary yeah. night and, yeah, they but they can't ever think. They've never once, they've never been able to think of a single thing for Christmas or birthdays that they can tell us. They just don't, they're just not materialistic kids. Wow. They're just happy with, but maybe also because my husband works in sustainability and that is a forefront of our decision decisions about the way that we live mm-hmm. and trying to... Um, not not have a huge footprint so that ends up being buying second hand or you know re-fixing clothes or you know growing a lot of our food and then preserving you know the mm. the girls watch us or particularly mark make or excess fruit into jam and relish and bottling and preserving and that my dad has always done that and yeah, so the girls, since they were little, they've eaten from the garden raw things. They'll they'll try anything. And yeah. they've seen me. They'll spend days just watching me sitting away in the studio and they watch how hard it is and how lonely it can be and how amazing it can be and rewarding. So,
1: mm. so it sh- sounds like you've... You're creating two really amazing little human beings.
2: <laughs> pretty spicy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay.
1: That's cute, isn't it? They're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do they ever find that going to school, is there ever a comparison or do they find that kids at school are in the same ethos as them? Is there a struggle with that? That we... Chose a very little bush school, so there's only 60
2: kids in the whole school, three teachers, and at least half of the families in the school are very like-minded. So we're pretty lucky that we have a, you know, a bunch of parents that are passionate about, you know, foraging or cooking. Or you know, if somebody's unwell, there'll be a meal tree, and everybody will make meals for that family for as long as it takes. And so it is the the teachers really think about sustainability and, mm. and I'm very involved in the school because mm. I just am. Yeah. <laughs> we have Chook Club. I'm, oh, I love so it. So there's kids in Chook Club that I run on a Tuesday and there's parents that are, you know, we've done heaps of gardening and stuff. So we try to make
1: a little public school into the best, the best school that we can. Yeah. To me, a word comes up. When I hear you speak, and it's about being connected,
2: mm. yeah.
1: What does that word mean to you?
2: Yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I love the idea of um, connection and and the word connected because I think of it in through my artwork and my fascination of of nature and wild places. Is that that incredible connection? Whether it's um, through through the roots of trees touching one another, or the mycelium between, you know, the fruiting body of a, of a fungus that you can see is just the tip of an iceberg of what the fungus actually is. It's this network, an in, immense network. There's a satin bower bird boy. <gasps> wow. Oh, he's looking in our garden for something blue for his bower. Wow. Oh, gorgeous oh, that's thing. Gorgeous. The ducks are heading over to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy I'm gonna get you in a minute to describe your garden to me. Oh,
2: yeah, okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, connect I just so much of my work that looks at some of the you know, little whether it's a, a simple snail or a slug, something simple that is happening in our gardens or in under leaf litter, everything is connected and I think the more people can understand that or accept that or learn that then my hope is if people can start noticing the smaller things and how incredibly detailed or beautiful or fascinating or you know these crazy things that are happening everywhere a spider spinning a web every night I would come out every night and watch a spider spinning a web and she would take it down by morning and every night her web would change size. And I used to wonder, why does this orb-weaving spider... Sometimes her web was as big as a big hula hoop and sometimes it was a dinner plate. And then I researched that they make a web depending on how hungry they are. What? If they're hungry, they make a big web because they wow. need to catch more.
1: That makes total sense. Yeah, That's and so it's practical. just these
2: these miracles happening All everywhere. and I, And everything is totally connected. And I think our world has dislocated people in such a huge way mm. from understanding that without a healthy ocean we don't exist we we can't exist mm. without you know old growth forest we're not going to you know they're they're locked they're locking so much carbon away that needs mm. to be kept inside not released so yeah there's you know they're mega scales but even on a micro scale you you know not not using pesticide in your garden let there be snails because if there are some snails then you have frogs and then you have lizards and you know there's everything
1: everything does in moderation it's an ecosystem yeah it is how we're supposed to be and yeah I totally agree I think often everyone's sort of locked in their houses separate from the world and they go out to have have a day out in in nature or in the forest or in, you know, oh, isn't this fun? We'll go to, I don't know, Collingwood Children's Farm and we'll see some animals and then we'll come back. Yeah. And it's not that we're not living, we don't sort of have that idea that we're actually living... In sim symb- in this symbiotic yeah. relationship, and even you know, because we still eat the chickens and we still eat the sheep and we still you yes. know eat those vegetables, but they're all kind of plastic wrapped and in, in oh, the supermarket.
2: Totally, yeah. totally, hi- you know, this idea of hygiene. I and mean, I've been a passionate supporter of just let. You know, watching my kids grow up eating revolting things in the, like they would rip a carrot out of the garden and they would eat it muddy if I'm not yeah. watching. Or you know, often at dinner time we realize all of us have not washed our hands and we're like, oh. But I, you know, and it's proven now you need all this stuff for your gut health. Like you, you, the more manure you eat as a kid, yeah, the better, the better you are for your life. And yeah. you know, we're we've got animals in the house and. I, sh- you know, there's the vet would he doesn't like that I share my cup of tea with a parrot, but um, because there <laughs> are I know there's diseases you can get, but
1: <laughs> yeah. but they're pretty cute parrots. Yeah, I know. I, I would, and your apple is sharing your apple with your parrot. Oh too. yeah,
2: he eats everything. Yeah, and
1: picks things out of my teeth if need be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Talk about symbiotic relationships. Yeah, That's he's, amazing. He's like a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess I, I'd love for you to explain, because we're sitting in your garden. Do you want to talk me through just what you've created? Uh, talking of yeah, making so things, you've made an amazing place. I can see why your kids are happy to chill out here. We've
2: got, um, so when we came looking for to buy a house, it, it's a little, it's a two-bedroom hardy plank, little, you know, it's it's nothing flash, but it was the north-facing big rectangle of Grass mm-hmm. corner to corner, with an uh, amazing view it's of incredible. the Telangi of milk.
0: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with sleep number. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. St. Leonard's in Tulangi.
2: and pretty much no houses blocking our view no. across the mountains. It's so Yet we can. We're very close to town, so that was what was the real draw card for us. So there was nothing here ten years ago, and we started. I was very pregnant with my um, first daughter, and we started by just we'd collect um, bricks from um, places and we just started bit by bit a project at a time Um, and it has changed quite a bit over the years but we kind of went that will be the best place for the veggie patch because it will get the most light in winter and Mm -hmm. it will get a bit of protection in in that hot western summer from Mm the two trees that are on in the backyard that we're already here is there's an old peach tree and a big grevillea robusta. So we've got we've made a um, a pizza oven kind of near the back door. We've, it's a big stone and rendered concrete uh, handsome pizza oven. And because our house is so little and we've only got a table for four and our table is in the kitchen, we were kind of um, only able to have people and families here if the weather's good and it's um from spring to autumn because we've got this big table we swapped a lovely farmer wanted to buy a ute from us and he didn't have enough money and we wanted him to have it so we said how about you make us a table and um pay us what you can and so he made this amazing big table incredible yeah
1: it's beautiful so
2: it's got a up there on that raised area it's got a beautiful Ginkgo tree I planted that nearly died in the drought for a few years and then it survived. We've got uh, grapefruit and lemons and down there we've got uh, blood orange and lime and Valencia. She, you can see she's nearly breaking her branches with oranges. yeah the mandarins this is a hard rubbish trampoline <laughs> that was too good to leave, so we and it's much bigger than our trailer so it hung over our trailer and we tied it on with um with garden hose that we found in hard rubbish and brought it home. So that's a
1: – And this, that's a hardcore one. None of these yes. like safety net no. thing. We've got one of those in my parents' backyard. You yes. can do some serious face planting this into is those like, springs. This is
2: metal and springs and off the ground surrounded by citrus. We had one little boy here bouncing and he went up so high and he went off and he, he was wet because the kids had a slip and slide and he hit the side of the water tank and oh. left a human – print a body print <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and he fell down the, into the ditch but he was okay yeah. it made him tougher
1: but that's what see and that is 100 percent the thing kids need yeah sounds awful but they need to get hurt in the way that you don't want them to you know seriously injured but they need to figure out their little boundaries more. and limits and risk taking do get, you know, more you know? kids
2: get hurt in the enclosed um, trampolines than they ever got hurt on these ones because they don't have any boundaries and they <gasps> More kids are ending up in hospital because they will bounce hard into the walls and if they're cheaper nets or older kids go through yeah. them or multiple kids go in and go nuts. Where this one, I think kids totally know that if you muck up, you're going you really to get yourself. caught in the springs or, you know could do good damage but my girls sit up on the um water tanks they jump off the water tanks onto the um onto the trampoline <laughs> they get right up into this gorilla tree um we had a big beautiful climbing frame which was in that um plant hunter story mm. pictures but the girls wanted it taken down recently we and ah. we took it down <laughs> ah. but, We've got a lovely, my husband built this chook house um, over here and it's just beautiful and it's fox proof at night and the ducks are in there where they've got a bathtub. But that's got lots of different apple trees and plums and figs and pear, nashi, all things like that. And we get loads of fruit in there, load, a cherry tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, so we. That's Whistles. He's a nasty little rooster that my daughter loves, so <laughs> he's he's still around.
1: I know I With, love that. We can hear all the birds and creatures in your garden. Yeah. That's,
2: sometimes the cockies are deafening, deafening. Yeah, they, I saw a scream. few like
1: screaming past before. Yeah. It's amazing though, because you sort of feel like you're living right next to a forest almost here, in being able to see all the trees yeah, and hear the a, birds it is. And,
2: yeah, it is pretty nice. The back of the garden is my beautiful little studio and there was just an old, gross, rat-infested shed there and now we've got this beautiful little recycled... Uh, it's got floorboards and old... I called a fencing man and, uh, and said, have you got any old fence palings? And he dropped them off in the garden mm. and we collected doors and tin and, you know, things like that. So it's all been patchworked together. It's got a little pot belly stove inside, and I've got all of my, all of my sculptures and paintings, and I've got a little kiln on the side, which I picked up.
1: Such a treasure yeah. trove. It's nice. It's it is. Beautiful. It is nice. Yeah. It's. I think that you have figured out a little bit the secret of life. I think <laughs> I over am there, so Claire. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit naff, but I do think so because. There's so, I used to be a teacher and the amount of kids I saw with huge levels of anxiety and anger and Mm. all this sort of frustration and then you kind of, when you come here you sort of go, oh yeah, but there's so much amazing, wonderful, magical stuff in the world that we're keeping our kids from. Something I did want to ask you about, what's, because we've talked so much about what's wonderful about living this way what's hard what's hard about it 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 can be very hard being an artist
2: based on feeling those feelings of insecurity and it's very lonely you know not not many people buy original art so trying to be creative all the time I'd love to say I'm an artist who doesn't you know I don't need to ever think about whether or not things sell but I do we financially it's really tight so I do try to think about creative ways to you know whether I make my work into prints and I make pillowcases and different things run workshops and things but I think I've had a lot of trouble with anxiety and depression and sitting in a despite this you know amazing beautiful life I've suffered from it since I was six years old I've had Mm. panic attacks and it had it got so bad that I earlier this year I couldn't I couldn't even work in my studio I was just I couldn't function and so you know there's things it can look so idyllic but as an artist if you if you don't have opportunities and I'm very lucky and it's through things like social media that I've been invited to be in exhibitions in in America twice and I've been invited to put work in other galleries or to be you know, even things like this, that's yeah. all through, it's been through social media and even though I have a real love-hate relationship with social media because it's a waste of time, like the time thing, but also feeling like you're being judged or I'm trying never to test art ideas on Instagram because I might be loving a direction I'm going and I put a picture on there and people don't respond well to it and then I doubt myself or... You know, this person, you know, is doing so well compared to me or, you know, as my auntie said, having followers on Instagram is like being rich in Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. But it is, yeah, it It kind of, you get caught up in that if you're trying to make it, make mm. it
1: work. Living creatively and when you're a maker of things, you are sort of, what am I trying to say a bit not thin-skinned in a bad way but you feel more oh, you yeah. know you feel more about everything which means you feel happier about things when things are amazing and you're so fascinated by things when they're incredibly intricate and yeah. little parts of the world that just explode not losing your wonder, wonder. exactly yes. and the flip side of that is the terrible things you really also feel yeah and so it's have, it's trying to navigate all of that and keep your sanity. Yes, and I think there's a reason why there is that line between. No, even in my family, there's this real streak of mental illness that sits really closely to real creative genius. Mm. You know, it's a real fine line to balance. So you do have to do things to kind of manage your own mental health when you're a creative person. Yeah, and I found
2: I was doing a whole lot of work, which you saw before Mm. I did some work on um, an art prize about extinction. And I would be painting the thylacine and having been researching about, you know, this beautiful animal. It's a marsupial. It had a pouch, like all of these things that were just extraordinary. It is an extraordinary animal and I couldn't help but cry every time I painted it and I would drip tears onto my painting and drawing critically endangered species would spiral me into panic and I would wake up in the night almost not able to breathe properly And it was, you know, it would still happen. Our family um, are Sea Guardians with the Australian Marine Conservation Foundation and I still can get myself into a total spin just thinking about plastic or just thinking, you know, thinking about the warming of the oceans and what that actually means. And the more, yeah, I'm sensitive but I also research things and I kind of had that such a scientific father who yeah I actually understand the repercussions of what devastation is happening to the planet and Mm. I try to you know this little bubble of one third of an acre is such a bubble and even the people I surround myself with if you if you step outside your comfort zone I don't think that many people give a shit Mm. I see people buying you know shit food cheap clothing you know driving huge cars buying and building massive houses getting themselves into big debt and I don't understand it I don't feel like we're of the same species yes. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I'm better I just think I'm totally different I, I think you're conscious I, which is a funny word. Hurts, it hurts but it also hurt. yeah. it hurts but it also gives you a purpose or it, it mm. You know, we we talked to our girls about why we would buy second-hand clothes or why we would, you know, we still buy some new clothes mm. as well, but why we would repair that instead of chucking it. And, you know, if you, yeah, we did Plastic Free July as a family and it was just fantastic to have the girls totally on board, but we couldn't get any cheese at all and they were used to having oh, cheese. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And we contacted a local cheese maker and we swapped, he gave us oh. this amazing homemade cheese and we swapped him for veggies and fruit and oh. Mark baked sourdough bread for him so yeah oh, just wow. those sort of things are really empowering for a whole family oh. to think about.
1: And be able to do in that com- real sort of hardcore community spirit yes. that is is lost I think and I, when I say conscious like, and that you're conscious I think it's that you're awake and aware and looking at mm. everything. And I think people have grown up in different parts of our world now not looking and not aware of even what they're – they're kind of just trudging along. I
2: know. It's a bit – you know, you know Lunig just echoes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, And I've yeah, yeah I, I think he is a genius. And mm. I – Me
1: too.
2: Since – since having this white duck i must say i totally understand why the the you know the white duck in so many of his you know his poetry and his illustrations this white duck being this inner calm inner beauty inner peace of somebody having my white duck gloria she is just that she is just the most kind beautiful soul and she has n- there's nothing bad in her nothing Mm. there's nothing mean there's you know she's just the dearest thing and I often I am a tea addict so I'm always sitting there with my pot of of tea tea while I'm painting all day and my duck and my care of the natural world and I just think oh he's just like a kindred spirit but he's able to put into words what many
1: people can't yeah yeah can't find the words for it and he just nails it he does and I think he has an ability to make people stop for a second and Mm. and and become a bit conscious and aware of hope and I think so I think people are looking for it too Mm. I think more and more people are searching out to step away from this world that we've seem to have created you know that isn't necessarily good for your heart and good for the planet and all the living creatures and it's it's a it's an uphill battle but then it's also I often think we lived in Tanzania for a while in a community over there and there's a lot of tragedy as well in um Mm. in Arusha where we lived so much tragedy but the people lived like this in sm- like little small houses with um you know their animals and their cows and they're growing their mm. chicken you know, growing like their they've got their chickens and they're growing their tomatoes and they everything's everyone knows everybody and yeah. it's this real way of being where the land isn't separate to who you are yes. it's just a part of every day and so the weather and the seasons actually do really affect the way that you live whereas for us we've sort of built a world where You don't have to be affected. You can, but you have
2: to work so so Mm. much to be able to keep up with that lifestyle. So it's kind of like this catch twenty two that my sister and I were recently saying. We don't envy anyone living in the city. Thinking about the cost to be able to live in the city means you have to work more to be able to afford it. And if you go out for dinner, it costs so much. And yeah, it's kind of to to go to live in the city would be great to be closer to things but then you have to spend money to go to those things and yeah yeah, it's
1: kind of like a this um this catch that you can get into and the comparison thing I think which then kind of hindered oh Sort of stops people from being able to be creative and use their mm. imagination to build their world around them. And but then there are pockets of people who live in a city who are doing Absolutely. all those things too. Absolutely. So it's just about trying to find a meet a happy medium. Um, I know yeah. for us I would love to move to Hillsville or further out and for James, my husband, it's just not how he it's, would work. Yeah. He just doesn't like being that far out and He wants to be, and also I really believe in living near your family and friends. And so we're trying to find this compromise at the moment about where we live. So good living near your family. Yeah, right. I think I really believe it. My ideal situation would be living in a community with all your mates and your family and friends out somewhere like this and everyone's together. And I think that's maybe how we used to live. Yes, But it's. It's different. Anyway, we could talk all day, could we? we? really could. Um, I thought I'd just ask you one final question. If there's someone out there who, going back to creating and making things, has something they want to start making, and to you this is probably a strange question because your whole life is about creating and making, what advice would you give them if they just want to start something like a project themselves?
2: Yeah, well, um, the way that... I suddenly, you know, as being a maker or an artist, Mm. when I made that decision not to take the gardening um, Mm. position was that I didn't have a studio here um, then and I didn't have a space set up here. And my sister, who lives in Hillsville as well, has a beautiful studio and she offered that I could um, borrow her space for a weekend. So I just picked a date a totally random weekend which was like five months away and I said I'm going to have an exhibition about birds on this date and I printed invitation like vista print or something you know on little postcards and I told people and as soon as I told people it made it real and having some people don't like having pressure and despite having anxiety I still do work well under pressure so it's kind of I do need that bit of adrenaline, but my body can produce way too much over the dumbest things. <laughs> but to have a deadline and to, yeah, so, so to kind of set a project for yourself, even if it, I gave a tutorial this morning to a, an older artist in town. We sat and had a cuppa and I showed him how to use Instagram and I set him homework that he had to do 10 posts relating to his artwork. But I think projects, you know, like, Mm. even when we travel I'll set a project where I have to paint a tree every single day and so for six months traveling around Australia I painted a tree every day or try to notice something new every single day of your life something that you've never noticed before if you walk to work notice a crack you've never seen or what's growing in a crack or yeah so I feel like it's setting setting out a goal to achieve and however you can make that happen if you're a musician going I'm just going to have a night in summer in my little tiny courtyard backyard and I want 20 people to listen to my new songs but telling people often makes it happen because then not just keeping it to yourself because you can talk yourself out yeah (laughs) but I reckon that you know and just keep playing keep mucking around with things and you know if you do what you love it generally works i reckon if you the moment you try to do what you think other people might love it usually you can tell yeah when it's not true or something it's not honest yeah it's coming from you and
1: it is starting to rain now <laughs> we better finish up but um thank you so much claire james such was, a pleasure oh, what a beautiful conversation and i love that let's <laughs> thank just you. keep making and it's never quite finished no that's okay
2: yeah just yeah. keep going Absolutely.
1: Okay, here we go. Stop. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, your host, Claire Tonty, and today with artist Claire James. You can find her incredible artworks and actually buy some as well at www.clairejamesartist.bigcartel.com or you can also find her on Instagram. At Claire James Artist, that's Claire without an eye. Um, and I'll also share all of those details on our Facebook, which is at Just Make The Thing, and on Twitter at Make The Thing, and at my Twitter handle at Mrs. Sunday Movies. So Oh, I also have an Instagram account now, which is just at Claire Tonti. So, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the guests that I interview and just some of the adventures that I go on with my son and my husband and podcast dog, I'm over there. So, I recommend you uh, following along, if you like. Up to you. And also, if you haven't read it, read The Secret Garden. It's just awesome, especially if you're stuck in a bit of a creative rut. So, I hope you're enjoying making all the things you are out there. And you can contact the show at contact at planetbcasting.com or just make the thing pod at gmail.com. Okay, catch you next time.